this thing on? Welcome back to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. This no-holds-barred conversation happens every Tuesday with new guest experts, raw conversations, and real tips for lasting change for your mind, body, your business, and your marketing. So grab your cocktail and let's dive in. Vadreen, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. What are you drinking today? Um, I've got a nice cold glass of H2O with me right now. Mmm, same. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> So I am super excited to have you in the lounge today. From what it looks like, we are the conversation that we're having is going to be really fun and very interesting because we're talking about human first sales and intuitive marketing. Vadreen, can you give us a little bit of your background, who you are, where you're from, just all the details? Dive deep. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. Um, please feel free to call me Vads. Everyone calls me Vads, even though my name is um, Vadeline. It's actually a French background. So yeah, a little bit about me. I am originally from the Seychelles Islands, born and raised. If you don't know where the Seychelles Islands is, it's all good. Most people don't. It's a small group of islands in the Indian Ocean off the east coast of Africa. So yeah, I'm from here. My family's from here, but I moved to London to study law, which was actually where I started my online adventure. I discovered that I really disagreed with a lot of the corporate world and the legal trajectory that I was on. And uh, I started a blog in about 2014. I decided to take the blog back up again when I was in law school and then discovered the online service provision space. So I've technically been on the space now for going on to five years, started as a virtual assistant and went on to wear many hats. And today I am a marketing strategist and business coach in a nutshell. Oh my goodness. It, you have such an interesting background for where you are right now. Coming from law school into marketing strategists, like there has to be some correlation that what was the bridge that got you from law school to marketing strategist? Yeah, no, I'm still trying to find the connection <laughs> because uh, my degree is gathering dust in the corner. No, but honestly, it was two completely different worlds that I was living in. I was doing my law degree and focusing on what was going to be a really corporate trajectory. Law was what I was always going to do. My, I have a family of legal practitioners. I was destined to be a lawyer. So that's what I was doing. But I had this really creative side that brought me onto the online space and discovering marketing was quite accidental. I started off by having a blog I was doing. So content writing and then stumbled accidentally into my first virtual assisting client, which then snowballed the whole marketing sales business development side of me. Wow. So you had, it was just completely destiny. Oh, Pretty wow. Yeah. So you said that your family has, you have like lines of people that have been in the legal field. How did they feel about your shift? I mean, at first it was a hard conversation to have, obviously, because everyone kind of expected that I was going to be a lawyer. And even I expected I was going to be a lawyer. It was a hard conversation to have at the start, but now everyone's really supportive. And it was a hard conversation purely because the online space is so uncertain in so many ways especially when you talk about it to older generations my parents especially god bless them they they continue to do the best to, to try and understand what it is that i do but yeah when your daughter comes up and tells you hey i don't want to be a lawyer anymore i'm not going to use this law degree i'm going to run my own business kind of like oh okay but now everyone is really really understanding and it's it's all good yes okay so you are really into you said intuitive marketing and human first sales. 
Can you give us just a quick breakdown of what that is for context and then we'll dive deep? Yes. So intuitive marketing to me in a really simplistic way means let's talk about your business in a way that feels really good to you. So let's get you visible. Let's get you visible. Let's create content. Let's put you out there. Let's have you showing up in a way that feels authentic to who you are, because there's lots of rules online. There's lots of really cool proven marketing concepts and business strategies, but intuitive marketing to me suggests let's learn all of these things and find a way to make it work in a way that feels good for you. And human first sales is putting the human being behind the screen first and foremost before a pitch. It means solutions, solutions based, a solutions based approach to selling where we're really looking to solve people's problems, change lives, make an impact. And that is how we lead sales with, with this approach. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's so refreshing. Just because my personal, my personal look on sales, it feels like slimy and greasy and scammy and typical used car salesman analogy-ish. So with that context of that kind of sales, like that connotation of what sales is, can you give any specific example of what human first sales tangibly, tactically looks like? Like how is it different? Yeah. Okay. So the most obvious example that I think most people will resonate with is DM selling. So selling in the DMs. Oh yeah. We've got really, as you say, cringe, like, oh my God, cold pitching. I would hate to message someone first. I would hate for them to think I've got something to sell to them. And I get it. Like I used to think the same, I, you know, sales is taboo. It's like, it's this thing we, we shouldn't be talking about because we shouldn't be selling. But in reality, as I like to say, if we don't sell, we don't make money in our businesses and nobody has a business that way. Right. Right. So cold pitching or rather pitching in the DMs is, is the example that everyone will know. With the human first sales approach, I think of it this way. You do, anyone, I mean, you, me, we all have a solution that we want to offer to people and somebody's got to reach out first. So with the human first sales approach, I like to empower myself enough to think, cool, I can be the first person to reach out, but I'm not going to reach out with the intention of pitching to you. I'm not going to reach out with the intention of selling to you. I'm going to reach out to you with the connect with the intention of making a connection with, Hey, you human being behind the screen. Let me learn a bit more about you. Let me ne let's network as business owners, right? Not shying behind the fact that we are business owners. It's like saying, Hey, I could potentially have something to, to share with you, but I want to know about, about you first. I want to know is what I have to sell applicable to you? Because if not, I'm not even going to mention it. But if so, hey, do you know what? This is what I was thinking. How about we have this business conversation because we're here? Mm -mm. That is so powerful. I mean, just think about how many times that you have been, you, you get those body spammy type messages in your DMs that are like, you want to grow 100,000 followers in five seconds? Pay me yeah. $6 million. <laughs> not really, <laughs> yeah. but it's just like, or like you looking to grow your Instagram account, here's all my services and whatever. It's like, I don't even know you. You don't know what I need. You may think you know what I need, but it almost feels offensive that you, yeah. you're coming at me like you know what I need better than I do. So yeah, I think yeah. your, your approach, chef's kiss. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. So is there, what, what results have you seen from this method, methodology, from this method of selling? I mean, if we take the, the, we stick with the example of like DM sales, you know, sales being made in literally 48 hours, 
because you're leading with humanity. You're leading with, hey, I may have noticed this thing about you because we've been connected. For example, let's take a virtual assistant trying to find their dream client, right? Let's say I'm a virtual assistant. I want to work with beauty bloggers, right? If this is me, I'm out here just starting conversations with people with the desire to network because that's what businesses do. That's what humans do. We network. But through this networking comes visibility. It comes, comes awareness and comes connection. From this, it's not that hard if there is an opportunity for you to go, hey, we've had this conversation. Some bells have ticked in my head. Would you be open to taking this to a business conversation. And then it's either a yes or a no. And I think the biggest part about the human first approach is realizing a no is okay, a yes is great. So it's like, here's the opportunity. You can say no, you can say yes. We all move on either way. If it's a yes, you know, boom, amazing partnership. If not, we can still continue to network and support each other in our businesses. But the result can either be, you find out right away whether someone's interested or not, and if they are, you've got a new awesome relationship that's that's kicked off. Wow. And you know, one thing that you said that really stuck out was the boundary. Like you specifically asked them in a, a really like non-salesy, non-pushy way, hey, this sparked some ideas in my head. Can we move this to business? Most yeah. people would just go, hey, this sparks some ideas in my head. What do you think about you signing up for my program where I, <laughs> where I help you do X, Y, Z, P, T, Q? Like you can just feel the difference. Like the second one, the example I just gave, didn't that just like, didn't you just feel like a heaviness in your chest and like in your stomach? Like, oh, uh, I got to like, I have to say no to like, uh, how do yeah. I respond to this without just completely shutting you down? But the way you yeah. said it makes it feel safe to say no if they're uncomfortable. And, it's, and that's exactly it. Like the word that comes to mind is consent. Like in all, it, that's what it is. Like I'm asking you for consent. I come into your DMs, for example, that is your space. That is like me coming into your shop, right? If we, if we take like a, a metaphor, that's me coming into your business. I've got to ask consent before I can start messing about here. So I'm going to ask you, hey, are you open to having this conversation? If not, that's all good. If yes, let's do it. So it's, it's at the end of the day, it's all about consent and creating that safe space, which I really hope eventually moves us away from feeling so disempowered by sales into a place where we all feel good talking about our businesses because we have really cool things to offer. Yeah. And I think that to your point, it comes from a place of genuinely being passionate about your business, not like, oh, I have to make this quota or I have to sell because I got to put food on the table. It's like, no, I, I trust that what's going to happen for me is going to happen for me. And I'm just excited to share about what I have to offer, what I have learned along the way throughout this process. I mean, having a business in general is really hard. And with having a business, you have to sell. It's inevitable, but you have to do it in a way that feels good to you, which I think to your point is where intuitive marketing comes in. So... I want to go into an example of what like intuitive marketing would look like. And I feel like it's kind of hard because it differs from person to person, but do you have maybe like a personal example or like a client result or something where you've helped them shift into intuitive marketing and then what the result was from there? Yes. Okay. Really good question. As you said, there's a lot of nuance to this, lots of possible examples. But for me, the first thing that comes to mind is I work with a lot of clients who are introverted. 
for example. And a lot of what we see on the online space, a lot of what someone might perceive when they see my content is, oh, she's loud, she's outgoing, she's really outspoken. And, and, that, and there's this misconception that you have to be that way in order to be really successful. So I have a lot of clients who come to me and they're like, that's, I don't want to be loud. Like, it's just not me. I'm, I'm the quiet. I'm the behind the scenes person. Like, can I be successful? Can I make six figures if I'm not all in everybody's face on Instagram? Like being in everybody's face is not a bad thing. I am, I'm, I'm loud, you know, that's fine. But some people are not like that. So here we look to tap into, okay, what is your skill set then? If you're not supernaturally loud, then what is your natural skill set that you were born with or that you're interested in developing? And what is available in the realm of marketing that can be applied to that? Because Yes, video content is awesome, but there are so many other ways of, of marketing. You've got written content, you've got imagery. So what are your interests? What is your natural skill set that will make marketing feel natural and flowy and intuitive to you? And what proven marketing strategies can we find that's going to fit this personality type and the skill set that you have? Yeah. Yeah. So I think for an introvert, that probably look like, I don't know, like automating or maybe even like having a scheduled day that you do like all of your sales calls or a scheduled yeah. day that you or not sales calls even, but like discovery calls or having a automated process where you're not having to talk to people all the time, but it, it does it for you. And once the person hits a certain part of your pipeline or in your funnel, then you book the call or whatever. Right. Yeah. Or even like going on platforms like LinkedIn. So obviously we all know if you're running an online business, you have to market online. So as you're saying, a structure that might be energy supportive would be, okay, let me have a day where I can map out my content, but then what are the best platforms that can optimize this content in the most sustainable way for me? Showing up on LinkedIn, being in Facebook groups, you know, being in written communities where you don't have to necessarily show your face, but you can write and still be interactive and engaging. So yeah, as you say, creating these structures, creating these systems where it just fits your flow and it, it works for you. Oh, I love that. I, I mean, I, I'm an intuitive, not intuitive. Well, yes, intuitive, but introverted type person. I think I'm more of an ambivert. There's some days where I love to like go out and talk to people and be chatty Kathy. But then when I get home, I'm like, don't talk to me for three to five business days. I just need to recharge. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, and I feel like in my business and just trying to figure out like how this whole thing works in general. I'm like, how do I run a business when I don't want to talk to people more than two days a week? <laughs> like where I, I really need that time to decompress extra time because it's not just talking to people at work, but it's like, I have two little kids and I have a huge family and you know, there's always something going on. So then when you add in the business aspect of it, I'm like, <laughs> but I love it and I wouldn't trade it, but it's just been to my point is it's just been really interesting trying to find the right groove that works for someone like me. So I love that there's people like you who are like, no, you don't have to do it this way. You don't have to go to networking events all the time. You don't have to be, you know, just doing these cold call sales, like focus on the connection, focus on the humanity aspect of it, focus on the pulse on the other side of the freaking computer screen because people don't do that they're just looking at dollar signs and numbers and their highest cash months and all of these like social proof sales points that i mean 
we don't even know if they're real. <laughs> yeah, harsh truth. Yeah, that, that's some that's a truth bomb right there. That's like a, a pulling back the veil. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. And I think not to say there's anything wrong with that because people need the social proof. Like, yes, we need to. I think that there there needs to be a huge empowerment an even bigger empowerment movement when it comes to women building wealth. But at the same time, as you said, it's not about the dollar sign at the end of the day. Business growth is not linear. So we cannot just quantify success by these monthly numbers. It is about the people. It's about the ripple effect that we create. And, and you know, if I can help you, you can help the next person. The next person can help the next person. And we'll create a better world at the end of the day. It's all right to say that if I can do that and at the same time build a life for my family, build the life of independence and freedom that I want, great. Everybody wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like when, I, I'm not trying to demonize money, but I feel like to that point, when you do have more wealth, you're able to give back in other areas. You're able to multiply in areas that mean something to you. And I think, I mean, to go into money mindset for a minute, I think for the last, like, I would say when Instagram really blew up and there was a lot of, there was a lot of bad mouthing people who were wealthy. Like, you know what the whole, it's like the whole conversation around billionaires and their wealth and whatever. Like, I don't care what people do with their money. As I mean, like, as long as you're doing good and you're not like actively seeking to harm people with your cash, then whatever. But I think for a long time, because there was that conversation about people making a shit ton of money and people were demonizing that. I think that for me personally, that really put like a weird, like brand, like, you know, like on a cow, like a branding. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that put a really weird brand on my mindset around money because it was like you were demonized if you had it. And I felt like the narrative was that you were supposed to just not be wealthy and just depend on other forces to help provide for you and your family. But now that I'm in this space of like entrepreneurship, like we work really hard for our money really freaking hard for it. Like we don't have an hourly schedule or a salary that somebody else pays our bills. Like we have to earn every single dime that we make. And then when we get more dimes, then we can start opening up new things that will start expanding where our revenue sources are coming from. So I feel like the journey of entrepreneurship is really, really beautiful when it comes to, you know, like it, when people say they make 70 K cash months, I'm like, that's freaking amazing. And I'm glad to see that they say that because I didn't know that was possible because my bubble over here is that you go to work nine to five, Monday through Friday, you have to ask your boss for PTO. You have to do this, that, and the other thing. But to see that somebody who lives in like this bumfuck town in Arkansas is making 70 grand a month. I'm like, well, why, <laughs> why do I have to move to LA or New York? Like, why can't I do it from here? So I think that it's really good that people share, but I think the thing that really the, this whole conversation, the thing that really is the umbrella over this is that human connection is going to be the, the thing that is your foundation. Like after all of the money goes away, if you don't have those connections to those people who know someone who knows someone, then you have nothing. If your if your foundation is just financial and monetary, how if if everything were to burn down and you were to have zero money, what foundation would you have? Connections yeah. are your foundation. Humans are your foundation. People are your foundations. Like if you look back to psych mock or ancient you know, the tribes and psychology, like humans are hardwired to be a part of the tribe, to be connected. 
Think about packs of like wolves, for example. If one goes missing from the pack, that wolf is probably going to die when the rest are going to stay alive together. You know, it's just, it's just so interesting. That was a really high thought. <laughs> hey, don't mean to interrupt. It's going to be really quick, but we have a message from our sponsors. By the way, hope you love what you're hearing so far. Now from our sponsor. Hey, it's Alexi McKinley. I'm your host of this podcast and also the sponsor of this podcast because I own UpWest Social and PR. For all my business owners out there, are you looking to grow your brand, expand your reach, become the number one top trusted source in your industry and continually have a funnel of new clients to work with? If you said yes to any of these questions, it's time you join the Be Your Own Publicist program or as I like to call it, BYOP. This is an eight-week hybrid program where you will learn the ins and outs of doing your own PR, essentially becoming your own publicist. For more information or to join, hit the link in the show notes below. Now back to our scheduled programming. No, I love it. I love it because I have the same thoughts. I think like, okay, if my if Instagram dies, if my website crashes, if every if all else disappears, what do I have? What do I have if not? people who've worked with me who can talk to other people about these skills that I have, especially on the online space where it's so fragile. Like, yes, I'm a marketing strategist, but this all exists online. The person, you know, in, in the corporate company, in the Fortune 500 company, if he doesn't see my online presence, he's got no idea. But if he talks to my clients, if he talks to people I've worked with, to my network, then he can know, right? That was a weird example. But point being, if the online space crashes, the only thing we have left to prove that this business ever exists is, existed is people. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Ooh, I love that. Ooh, people are the only proof we have. And that's yeah. why your reputation is pretty important as well. Never burn a bridge. <laughs> Never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you know what? This goes to a really good point where we're talking, we were talking about the DMs and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And people often feel icky and weird about being someone to message for be, uh, being the first person to message in the DMs. I want to talk about being the person to receive the first message for a moment because I always, except if it's like a bot or like a, clearly a spam, I will always reply. Even if it's like a weird message, even if it's always, even if it's like a, a clear pitch message, I will always reply back because I get it because I know what it, what it's like to not know what to say or to not know that there's another way. And I know how much fear went into putting out that first message. So in terms of creating connections and building human relationships, I'll reply because I know that there is a human on the other side of the line. If they felt it good enough to, you know, send me a cold pitch, I'll give some constructive criticism. I'll give you a little free advice here, but I, I 95% of the time I will reply if I don't, cause I don't have time or like I'm super busy, but I'll reply because humans. If me replying is going to be the only person that didn't leave this person on red and gave them some sort of a, like reply, mm -hmm. that's what I want. Yeah. Cause then maybe that person will keep watching. That person can change their, their, their approach can double think, you know, think twice. So that's an interesting point that what you just said, it triggered that, that thought in me. And I yeah, wanted to share. I like that because I leave a lot of people on red unintentionally. I am like, Oh yeah, let me look at my schedule. And then I literally just like my mind gets pulled in so many, so many different ways, but that is something that I really need to think about <laughs> what yeah. it feels like to be left on red. <laughs> and now I'm going to end this call and go back through all of my DMS and respond to every single person. <laughs> so if I'm responding from you from two years ago, this is why <laughs> it's just, no, you know, it's just, it's just food for thought, you know, it's just, yeah, just, I think, I think about it. 
Yeah, well, in general, it's good to put yourself in other people's shoes. Like if you are reaching out to somebody, I think I think it's really good to think, well, would I respond to this message? If I receive this message that I'm about to send, would I re- how would I receive it? Would I ignore it? Would I delete it? Would I be offended? Would, you know, like, I, I think we just kind of think of, ooh, what's going to make them click or what's going to make them open? It's yeah. good to think about that, but like, there's also a way to ruin your reputation when you have like, like just, I've seen so many messages lately of people just being rude in the DMs. I mean, like, oh, you obviously need help with your, with your content, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm almost a little bit like, I'm a bit audacious to people like that. Like, for example, I'll get a message. Let's say I don't post on my stories for like 24 hours. I'm always on my stories. But like the one time I don't post, I get a message like, oh my God, you should be posting on your stories. I'll be a little bit like, I'll, I'll be a bit cheeky. I'll say, girl, this is the, like, I always post on my stories. Like you clearly don't follow me. You clearly don't watch my stuff. If you want to connect, let's connect, get to know each other but this is probably not a good idea on your part. So I'll be real. Like I'm, I'm fully transparent. That's, that's yeah. I love that. No holds bar. We're not holding back here. There's no need. I mean, let's cut. Honestly, I think that this just goes back to the point that humans, we want to connect and we want to do it fast and we want to go deep and we like, we want to make it very like an efficient process where it's not like, like beat around the bush. Like I'm one of those people who has a hard time saying no. So I beat around the bush and I'm fully aware that I am the worst kind of person because that's the most annoying thing ever. I'm like, just freaking tell me, <laughs> tell me what you want. But then I do the same thing. So I'm learning a lot from this conversation. <laughs> I'm like having a reality check right here. Like, Ooh, yes. Okay. This all makes a lot of sense. And now I'm going to think about life. Actually, no, make a move not think about it, not write it down, not waste time with the movement, but actually get the momentum. Love it. Yeah. Love that. I'm also reading that book, Atomic Habits. So this is like where all of this is coming from. I'm like, this is amazing. (laughs) Okay. So let's do a, like a one final wrap up tip. So let's do some DMs selling do's and don'ts. What tips do you have for do's and what are your don'ts? Okay. Only ever reach out to people you genuinely think you might like. So one of the, the pieces of advice that you get is just, just like connect with everyone who's in your niche or who might be your ideal client. I disagree. I want to connect with people who on first impressions, because obviously we don't know anything until we actually have a conversation or meet the person. Even then it takes a couple of times to get to know someone, but only spend the time putting the energy into reaching out to people who you genuinely find their business interesting who you genuinely think, oh my God, this is the person I could have a connection with, who you genuinely relate to, because genuine connections are formed from being genuine. Like if you're faking interest, if you're faking relatability and forcing it, it probably is not going to amount to anything. So reach out to people who you genuinely feel connected to. And that applies to like following people, commenting, engaging, like building the network of people you actually want to build because the instru- the algorithm is going to pick it up. Like it's going to like ripple out eventually in a way you can't control. So when you can control it, like make it a good group of, make it a good community that you're building. So I guess that's my biggest do. Do you want some more? Or like, is that a... Whatever you want to give. <laughs> okay, another do in the DMs. Start with a question. Start with like, I mean, not the, avoid like... like when did you start coaching? <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, not the typical questions. Not the like the typical, how's business going? How's your small business going? How's like, how have you been since? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But something like genuine, like 
I like to start, I mean, I'll start a conversation as if I've known this person all this time because I feel like I have. Like, I've been watching your stories. I feel like I know the Saturday that your kid fell down at football. Like, I don't need to introduce a conversation. I just, like, kind of come in because I feel like I know you at this point. And that's when the best kind of relationships and conversations flow because it's like you're coming in mid-conversation and you're not having to start from scratch. So start with like a question or something relatable there's no need to like as you say small talk around it be like hi you know like make it all you know pretty i guess some don'ts would be don't pitch on the in the first message like in fact i don't think you should be pitching until somebody's given you permission to pitch like yes you can talk about your business you can ask if you can talk about your business but pitching is for a very very specific type of conversation or a discovery call or like a sales call. Like that's when the pitching should happen. Mm-hmm. So don't pitch in the first conversation. Oh, another do voice notes. I love voice notes. I know people use it as like a strategy thing these days, but in terms of like messaging and creating a connection, I think it's psychologically, it's easier to create a connection with someone when you hear their voice. Hence why people love podcasts. Here we are. Another don't, I would, I mean, don't have any expectations. That's my don't. Don't have any expectations. Go in wanting to start a conversation instead of thinking about, okay, how quickly can I get this person to convert? You know, I've mentioned, yes, some conversations convert in quotes in 48 hours. Others take six months. Others take 12 months. Like, don't have any expectations. Go in, see what happens. If the opportunity arises, you say something. But if you can detach from this expectation and just genuinely want to network, that's when you'll start seeing results. Gotcha. Those are really good the the do's and the don'ts and those are like foundational pieces doesn't matter what let's not even look at what we should say when we're sliding in like just don't put the human first think about if you were to have someone reach out to you what would you want you wouldn't want them to be pitching you their first message they send you you would want them to feel like you would want to feel like they are genuinely interested in you and what you have to say and that you are the coolest freaking person in the world. And when I do this in PR also, I do a lot more pitching for PR, obviously, because that's what I do. But that's the that's the exact same thing. It's like, don't pitch on the first message, which people wouldn't think because it's like, well, it's PR, right? No, it's, <laughs> it's hey, I absolutely love your work. I love this article. It made me think this, that, and the other thing. Do you want to jump on a quick coffee call? Yeah. And most of the time it works. If I just slide in with a pitch, most of the time I'll get ghosted. But if I really put the human first and find something that I really like about them and then use that as leverage to take the next step to hear more about what they are looking for in their work, then that's when we can start putting the pieces together and be like, well, maybe we can work something out. But it's the same thing in the DMs. It's the same things when you're on discovery calls. It's the same thing when you are talking to humans. It's do we align with what you need yeah. and what I have? And do we like yeah. each other? <laughs> 100%. I like to think of it like, I know it's virtual, but what would I do in an, in a real, in an in-person situation? You know, if I met you at a networking event, if I met you at a conference, if I met you at a bar, if I met you in a festival, how would I approach you? Like how, what would I want my first words to you to be? Hey, do you want to, I don't know, buy this thing that I have? No. Like, Hey, how's it going? You know, love your top. I love this thing that you talked about on stage. Like you build, as you say, you build this connection. So we create, we should aim to create this, the same level of connection 
online as we would do in, in person, I think. Ooh, yes. Hands down, absolutely. If you take one thing from this podcast, I mean, there's so much, but let it be to treat people virtually like you do in person. And I think that's lost. Honestly, we could spiral a whole nother conversation into this, but people are ruthless on social media. The stuff that comes out of people's mouths, like, well, through their fingers on their keyboard, I'm like, would you say this in person? 99% of the people, I bet they wouldn't. But it's just funny how people think that they can just be just vicious on social media. And when I say vicious, I mean like like vicious in the DMs too with pitching and selling. Like why can't we even like kiss first? <laughs> like let's go to first yeah. base. Let's not try to hit a grand slam every time. Sheesh. Yeah. Obviously yeah. some of these people watch baseball. <laughs> I mean, as the saying goes, you know, don't do to others what you don't want others to do to you. Like don't do something you wouldn't want done to yourself. You said that earlier, but yeah. Yeah. It's funny how we like, we need constant reminders though. Cause life just gets so crazy and so busy and things, if, if they're not a, f- a habitual thing in your life, then you're going to have to work really hard to make it a habitual thing because habits can be bad or good. Here I am spouting my book that I've been reading <laughs> in my little smoker's cough laugh. <laughs> anyway, well, Vads, it was so, th- this conversation was amazing. It was so great talking to you. Where can people find you and how can they work with you? Yeah, no, this was, this was lots of fun. I'm on Instagram all the time. Feel free to DM me there. It's at vanilla underscore Vads, V-A-D-Z. Work with me right now. I have two amazing mastermind programs. If you want to talk about coaching, you're welcome to message me first or, you know, find one of my links uh, in, in my bio or my website and we can definitely connect there. But yeah, I'm all about creating human connections. So if you want to have a conversation, like I will tell you I have something to offer, but before that I will do my very best to, to see you, to hear you, and um, we'll have a good chat either way. Well, thank you so much. I will link her Instagram and her website below for easy access, but thank you so much for joining us in the lounge and I cannot wait for people to hear this episode. Awesome. Thank you for having me. See ya. Hey, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us in the lounge today. Don't forget to share some love in the reviews, connect with us on social media, and subscribe so you never miss a beat. And can you do me one last favor? Send me a DM on Instagram so I can say, hey, I would love to get to know you more. Until next Tuesday, we'll see you then.